This is Troy Shelby, and you're listening to The Rant Reloaded. With local elections coming up, I want to address a big problem in our school curriculum. That problem is the indoctrinization and class segregation of America's children that is occurring in our classrooms, not only in Albuquerque, but across the nation. I am referring, of course, to the teaching of critical race theory, where children are taught that based on their skin color, they are either a victim of, uh, of oppression or they are guilty of being an oppressor. In my opinion, this curriculum is the biggest load of racist bullshit I have seen in my lifetime, and I'm 50 years old. And imagine what that does to the psyche of a child. child. Telling a child that just because he or she is not white, that they are automatically a victim, or telling a white child that they are guilty of victimizing those who are not white. What's that do for, ch- for children's self-esteem? Well... The end result is creating a society where they go through life either playing the victim because they thought that they were taught to think that they are a victim or, on the other hand, giving a child, having a child grow up feeling worthless and racked with guilt for the crime that their ancestors may or may not have committed. And suddenly using the term people of color to describe non-Caucasians, there was a time when being called colored was a derogatory term. Yet now we throw the throw people in front of it and throw people of in front of it, I should say, and that's supposed to make it non-racist. Let me ask you a simple question, listener. If you're black, Hispanic, or any skin tone that's non-Caucasian, do you really want your children growing up believing that they are victims and thus can never get ahead or succeed in life? Or do you want your children believing that they can do anything they set their minds to if they work for it? Do you want them to believe no matter what they do, they will fail because of the color of their skin? Or that regardless of skin tone, they can break any barrier and succeed in spectacular fashion? And parents of white kids, do you really want your child growing, going through life so racked with guilt because of the color of their skin that they become non-functioning adults, if not outright suicidal? Here's the thing, if we allow such toxic curriculum to be taught in our, to our children, then we are allowing them to be taught to separate people into classes based on their skin. That, my friends, is racism. And yes, no matter your skin tone, racism is racism, plain and simple. It's time we bury the past and quit teaching children that they are different than other children because of their skin tone. We are not born racist. It is a learned attitude and behavior. So when you go to vote in your elections, look who's running for school board and get rid of those who want to perpetrate and indoctrinate victimhood upon your children. Who gets elected to school board is every bit as important, if not more so, than who gets elected into any other office, be it local, state, or national, because these are the people that truly control the future of our nation, because they are the ones that are tasked and trusted to mold the minds of our young, who will one day run this country. But who and how these minds are molded depends on us, the voters,
It is our responsibility to ensure that the children are being taught the correct lessons to help them succeed in life. And frankly, I have never met a person with a victim complex that has been successful, nor have I ever met a person with a guilt complex that exhibited anything but self-loathing and depression, and certainly not success. In 1986, a wonderful singer named Whitney Houston released a song called The Greatest Love of All. The opening verse, I believe the children are our future. Listen to this song because it is profound if you truly let yourself hear what is being said. And the children are indeed our future, so let's stop the toxicity of negative reinforcement curriculum such as critical race theory and create a future that will be bright as the sun for this nation's children. Now, we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we will be joined by our, by our affiliate and the host of Eternal Truth. Uh, that's what it's translated into from Latin. I can't pronounce Latin. Uh, Mr. Tim Fogarty, and we'll get his thoughts on today's subject. And we're back, and I'd like to welcome my guest today, Mr. Tim What's the correct pronunciation of your last name? <laughs> it's Tim Fowdy. Fowdy. Okay, I apologize for butchering it. Uh, uh, it. It looked like it was spelled Fogarty to me, so I apologize. Oh no, there's there's no need to apologize. My name actually uh, derives from the name Fogarty. In fact, it actually goes to O Fogarty from uh, from the time period of the uh, Nordic invasion of England. Um, it was actually called O Fogarty at that point in time. It originated around um, the the city of Jorvik. I believe somewhere around uh, 894 to 897. I, I don't know the exact uh, the exact year, but I know it was uh, soon after the summertime army invaded. And uh, so, anyways, wow, enough of the history I, lesson I, there. I have to say, I'm impressed. I don't think I know anywhere close to that much history on my surname. <laughs> so, uh, color me impressed. So... Uh, <laughs> Tim, again, welcome to the show. We're happy to have you here today. Uh, Thank what you. Is, it's, it's great to be here. Just out of curiosity, uh, uh, for clarification, what is the actual pronunciation in Latin of your show's name? Eterne Veritatis. Um, the A-E is actually just, I don't know why they have to toss that in there, but it's Latin. So, you know, hey, it's Eterne well, Veritatis. Latin uses a lot of unnecessary lettering, so... Uh, yes, it does. But then again, so does American English, if you look at the way we spell a lot of words. So, hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we have three different theirs. <laughs> exactly. So, anyway, today's topic being uh, critical race theory in our schools. Uh, I know this is something that uh, you feel very strongly about, so uh, I'd like to... Get your thoughts, your your opinion on, on, on the topic. Okay, so I, I actually know the perfect uh, place to begin on this one. And anybody who's been fighting against critical race theory and um, who knows anything about it, they probably have heard that uh, the left knows what their problem is. They know it's it's a messaging problem. Well, they know it's a message problem, not a messaging problem. So when they when when we find out when we discover and many parents across the country have been finding out for the past two years about this and discovering how insidious and how destructive to our children and to our entire country and our way of life this really is. So they've changed up the name of it. So it's critical race theory 
There's also critical race praxis, which I'll get into that here in a, here in a little bit. Um, and then there's also transformative social emotional learning. Mm -hmm. It sounds Correct. a lot softer when you say it like that, right? Um, but this is all the Frankfurt School of Thought. It's well, it's all the same thing. Well, we know the left there is uh, is very experts on manipulating wordplay in order to convince oh, yeah, people they, their message is the right thing. They they absolutely love it. They they absolutely love playing word games in order to sneak in their insidious uh, uh, policies. Um, sort of like Common Core. Mm -hmm. in, in, in their educational system. That One they, of the they worst the things our schools could have ever adapted. Oh. And it, it, that's actually the same the same uh, dance card that they uh, snuck in critical race theory over six years ago into my local schools without anybody noticing. So it's it been going on Common there Court. for six years. So pretty much uh, your state turned out to be pretty much what, the pilot program for this? One of them, yes. One of wow. Wow. It was uh, snuck in right, uh, right before, um, right before the end of Scott Walker's administration, and and the reason why that was an important period is because he was being pressured from um, the left, especially because we had a a lefty Congress, or as it's called up here, the Assembly, and uh, um, kind of a median majority there wasn't actually a majority at all but they had more democrats in the senate in wisconsin mm -hmm. um but it wasn't enough to overturn things or repeat and or rinse and repeat so to speak for for laws where they go to the governor it gets struck down and then it goes back to the assembly then to the senate and then it gets sworn into law anyway um right. they didn't have enough to do that sort of like we don't have enough on the republican side to do that now but we do have the majority we got it back right uh, at the same time as Donald Trump got sworn into office. Um, we actually won it back through a, a recall election in Milwaukee, believe it or not, which is a blue, which is a blue city. And to make mm -hmm. no mistake, it is a blue city. Um, but it got snuck in and uh, we've, we've seen it slowly working its way in. I mean, when you have to deal with your children being at home for an entire school year doing virtual learning and you sometimes walk into your schools your your kids school uh, you know curriculum being taught and you hear the guidance counselor teaching an hour-long class right the guidance counselor not even a teacher so not so, not licensed to be a teacher and they're teaching an entire hour-long class so basically someone who's been educated in counseling but not in education mm-hmm hmm Educated in, in, in child mental health. Right. Why would they have to be? Okay, so child mental health. You're, you're trained to pick apart a child's psyche. And you're teaching a class on how to be conscientious of others. Now, that sounds all well and good, but they're teaching children to always look at who you're talking to and see who they are. Now, what that really drives from, what that really comes down to, is basically, oh, look at what their skin tone is, and try to, and try to, imagine how they feel, being the skin tone that they are. Right. In in a in a school full of of uh, of white children. Huh. Wow. Yeah, you know, I I actually walked in on that conversation, and I don't know if the uh, the teacher was actually alive with my with my child or not. 
But I, I kind of said to the open room, I said, well, that's bullshit. Right. And soon after that, my daughter got angry at me and closed up the laptop and ran in the other room. <laughs> like, oh, well, okay. so it, it's, it's, it is. And I called it out. And, and, but, that's, uh, and we, we should be calling these people out on, on this crap. I mean, oh yeah, absolutely. Literally, since when has it been okay to teach literal racism in our classes? How is that even close to something resembling acceptable? I honestly, I, I, I don't know when the actual paradigm shift happened for all of this stuff. If not to say it happened during the Obama years, probably with Freddie Gray with the hands up, don't shoot thing. Right. That was the start of Black Lives Matter. And that was the start of also the pushback agenda on that one called All Lives Matter that was started by Glenn Beck. Um, and uh, so, I mean, there's that would be probably be the best way to see the time period that it happened. But I think that this has actually been underway since um, since probably the late 90s right. Clinton administration. I think uh, I think the Clinton administration was actually relatively straightforward believe it or not when bill clinton was in office i think it was relatively straightforward yeah they had some leftist policies but they weren't all bad policies some of them were some of them weren't but that's every presidency for you this is true um and when when uh, al gore because that was it was all al gore pushing it because he was the 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 spearhead for the whole climate change movement you know, global warming is going to kill us by 2020 and by, by, by 20, you know, by 2003, 2004. And that was Al Gore's thing. And that was his strangely shtick. enough, here we are still here alive and well. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it, 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 it changes just as much as the weather does on exactly. weather on, on the date, you know, they, they, I mean, AOC was saying, you know, four years ago, hey, global warming is going to kill us by 2021, and here we still are, alive and kicking. Well, that's just like all the, off, uh, you know. all, the, all the wildfires last year that they tried to blame on the climate change, and it turned out it was actually climate change activists that were out setting the fires, and this was actually well, discovered and proven. You know, and actually we can let some credence to climate change because it was the activists who did it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they are the climate change. I mean, apparently. Exactly. You know, so, hey. <laughs> well, if climate change Which, isn't going to do the job, we're going to give it a helping hand. Of course, the left thinks everybody needs a helping hand. The, the left uh, uh, from the left's critical race theory, they're teaching our they're even and this Black Lives Matter that all these uh, white people got involved in uh, is basically saying, you know what? We'll help the black person because the black person can't do it without Whitey's hand. Yeah, it's it's virtue signaling. It's it's saying, exactly. hey, we are virtuous. We will help you because you are the victim and we are the ones giving you the helping hand up. It's the same thing as LBJ signing the Civil Rights Movement Act, even though every single Democrat in the in the Congress and the Senate was 100 percent against it. And the only people that voted for it in those two chambers was Republicans. But exactly. LBJ said, if I sign this document, I will win the black vote for all time to come. And he was right. But the fact of the matter is, is that the, that's the only reason he did it was a political move. Exactly. And that's that's exactly the same thing that's happening now with this Black Lives Matter movement and the virtue signaling. And where this is all really coming from 
and what this is aimed towards doing. Did you know, for example, I mean, you're you're right there on the border with Mexico, so you probably have seen some shockwaves of this even in, in New Mexico. But that is exactly the reason why Biden has absolutely zero agenda on securing the border, because they're trying to replace their voter base because exactly. they lost a lot of voters exactly. in this last they, election. He, that's basically and I fully agree with you. They're basically saying, come on in, because it's Democrats letting you in. So who are you going to vote for in the elections? Yeah, we're going to get you your citizenship, so who are you going to vote for? That's like Biden's asinine statement during his campaign. If you don't vote for me, you're not black. And how in the hell did the how in the hell did the black community fall for this and and succumb to such a racist statement? And how is how is a white man going to say if if you don't vote for me, you ain't black? Exactly. If yeah, a white man, I, I if a white man says if you don't vote for me, you're not white, or you don't vote for me, you're not black. Uh, somebody on the conservative side would say that. Do you know how quickly they would be ripped oh, it, apart? It would be this. It, it would be akin to a nuclear bomb going off. I mean, that's exactly what it would be. We would it would say, be. It'd be foaming and frothing at the mouth and people clawing their eyes out and scream and screeching for that person to be lynched from the nearest tree. Exactly. You know, the, no no the pun riot, intended the, on that one. The riots last year would have looked like a trip to Disneyland. Disneyland? Heck, make it a smaller park. <laughs> okay, Kings Island. There we go. Kings, <laughs> hey, that's, that's from Ohio right there. Exactly. Kings Island. Hey, I'm a Buckeye. I'm proud of it. Yeah, Born and well, raised, I, was, I might be a transplant into New Mexico, but I'm a Buckeye, plain and simple. I was uh, I was born a a, a Wisconsin Badger, so right. have the Buckeyes. <laughs> so 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 back on this critical race theory. So <laughs> I I assume there's 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 uh, has there been uh, backlash against the school board for allowing this into the schools? And no, how, how no not, are they... not exactly up here. It, it's not really been a thing. They, they, not enough parents have gotten wise to it up here, which is really beyond me because I've been speaking on this topic to a lot of parents recently, and even even earlier than that, uh, it was last year when I first started really speaking on it up here because I had discovered um, what the actual thing was, and it's it's not so much critical race theory here. It's actually just critical theory in general. Okay. Um, and that's because critical theory is the Frankfurt School of Thought. It's it's about uh, intersectionality and identitarianism. Um, right. Which, like I said, it's not so much just critical race theory. It's also sexism. Ah. Uh, yeah, you can you can you get you get that pretty much out of some of this uh, almost pornographic material that they're teaching children in grade school. Yes, yes, that and and the reason why I say it's definitely sexism <laughs> is because of gender identi- uh, identities, and and what pronouns you prefer to use. Right. You know, I got asked that one one day um, recently when I was uh, when I was on the phone with one of these people on the school board or that work for the school. You know, because I, I started complaining. I, I did a kind of a prank phone call, and I've got the sucker recorded on my phone, so it's it's right there, and it's kind of funny. You ought but, to release that recording. <laughs> <laughs> I think I might eventually here. But uh, that, that recording, they, they asked me, what do I identify as? And I pulled a line right out of Fifth Element. I said, uh, I identify as a meat popsicle. You know? Ah, <laughs> <cute>. <laughs> so... <laughs> 
Um, but let's let's get back to the topic. You asked me here for uh, for critical race theory. Let's dig into the meat of where this comes from. Oh, please let's let let's let's split it wide open. So, critical race theory and critical theory itself is a tactic that was actually invented by Stalin. Right. Okay, and the reason why I say it was Stalin, I mean, it actually comes from um, Ilyich uh, Lenin, believe it or not, um, but St- but Stalin was the one who implemented it during the right. purges. Um, the, the Ilyich Lenin put out the idea that we can keep the people under control by constantly dividing them up into smaller and smaller tribal groups to keep them fighting against each other, to keep them constantly suspicious of each other, and create what's called, what we call, the prisoner's paradox. Right. The prisoner's dilemma. You know how how 20 guards, 20 guards can keep 2,000 inmates in 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 a cell block under control? Simple. They keep them. They keep. They keep them so focused on each other that they don't have to worry about them. Yeah. Well, I mean, if, if imagine if all of those prisoners decided to work together to break out of prison, do you think those twenty guards could stop them? Of course not. No. But when you're in prison, they keep everybody so at each other's throats and so suspicious of the next person that they can't trust that the other person is going to do their part. Exactly. And that's that's exactly what critical race theory is designed to do. It is designed to make people recognize different, you know, different superficial differences about every individual around you. It's training, it's, it's, it's socially conditioning children to always pick out, does this person have, I'm going to get kind of graphic with this, so if you have to bleep Be it out, guess. you have to bleep it out, I understand it. But uh, if this person has has uh, um milk chocolate or dark chocolate skin you gotta I, you gotta you can't put them both together they have to be split apart into further different groups because who knows maybe one was one is african in descent like directly african like their like their parents or their grandparents just migrated here in the last 50 years but the other one hey they could have been a product of the 70s or they could have been a product of the slave trade because some slave owner decided to sleep with his slave and had a half and half child. So you have right. to treat them all differently. You know, you, you can't treat them all the same. And the same exactly. goes with critical theory and, and the, uh, the, the gender identities we have, according to Facebook, I, I don't even know the number now, but, but as of last year, we had 189 different genders to divide people into smaller and smaller groups. Yeah, if that is Couldn't not... just be, if that you is know, not counterintuitive to exactly what science tells us, but apparently science goes out the window when it comes to attempting to separate people. But then again, though, it oh, doesn't because they're actually approaching it in a scientific manner. They're just not using science, true science to support their theories. Well, I, I, I know that uh, your feelings on, on God are, are what they are, but we're not going to get into that. But here's here's where it, it kind of comes down to what this is actually designed to do with that side of things, as well as every other side of thing, is that what our nation was founded upon was founded upon unity. Mm-hmm. Unity under nature and nature's God. Now, what now whatever you think nature's God is, it, that doesn't matter to me. I don't really care. What matters to me is that 
the laws of nature and of nature's God dictate that there are only two genders because exactly. you see it in nature. You see it in nature. Okay. Therefore, that's a law of nature and that we are all unified as one species. Mm -hmm. No matter our, our creed, no matter our beliefs, no matter anything, because of what? Because of biology. Because you cut our skin open, whether you're black, brown, white, green, purple, pink, blue, whatever. Because those those hues actually do exist within your skin. I mean, you see them all over the place. Um, like if you turn on ultraviolet lights, your skin turns purple. Right. It's there. The pigment is there. It's just not prominent. Exactly. So well, in the you army, cut your skin open. In the army, we all said we were we, we, we as far as uh, color. We all said our color was green. So. <laughs> right, right. But you cut your skin open and you bleed red. Exactly. No matter what. The, exactly. We all bleed red. Exactly. And it goes, it goes down to even our genetics. Our genetics. Every single human being on the face of the earth is separated by less than four percent difference in genetics. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that that tells me one thing: that we are a unified species. That means that all of this stuff that they're teaching, right? That they're teaching in our schools is actually meant to break down those bonds of science. Now, this has actually been a, been in process ever since the. Uh, um, the, the Renaissance period, believe it or not, um, with with uh, the with scientists breaking away from the church, saying that that, you know, you can't prove God and all this other stuff. Well, you don't have to necessarily prove God. OK, you don't have to prove his existence. You don't have to prove the existence of God. Well, you have to there, prove was also, the, there was also you have to prove the how issue. things work. There was also the issue of the church persecuting scientists because they that, taught contrary yeah. to what the what the what the church wanted taught. Yeah, and that that's and that's really that's really a problem on both sides. I think is that is that the scientists have never forgiven and forgotten, and and Christians of that time period didn't want to give up the power that they had, and which is kind of crazy because they had power in so many different ways, but they didn't want to give up that power. Right. Like. They're, they're not the sole origin of knowledge. I mean, there is no sole origin of knowledge. But, and, and that's, that's also another thing that critical theory tries to go into. And, and the methodology for it and, and how it's implemented with critical race praxis and critical praxis um, all ties into this overall um, homogenized maelstrom we have of, of social engineering going on within our nation words. right now. I like it. Well, I mean, how else would you explain it? We're we're seeing so much, um, so much stuff just being bent back upon itself. Exactly. And 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 snakes eating their own tails, essentially, as far as as far as society goes. That it's it's really, it's it's a homogenized maelstrom of of chaos. Right. And so what what this what this is all doing to our children is it's teaching them. That you cannot trust anyone but those who have taught you. And those who and look the, like you. And the well, I mean, even then it depends. Because even if they look like you, you don't know what gender they are. You don't know what they identify as, right? That's that's the problem. It teaches children to not trust anyone but the person who teaches them. Right. 
Nah, is this is that. all a process. This is all a process of taking away children from their parents. Which, uh, yeah, exactly. Um, and, uh, I mean, the first attack on that was separating, uh, destroying black families with the with abortions and everything else, taking the, the father out of the house. Uh, right. And we've, ju- we've just seen it escalate from there uh, into even upper-class families. Uh, the presence of the father in most families is almost nil anymore. Uh, right, and that's... And that's that's a major problem. Like I've even been kind of fighting with my company about that one. But I'll I'm I'm not going to really go into that. Women that's are, kind of a women are even right encouraged to produce children and not get married. Why? Because they'll get more money in food stamps if they the, for the more children they have as long as they're not married. Once they get married, yep. big, that amount big of big daddy stamps, government wants to cover you harder. Drops. <laughs> that's that's absolutely right. Big daddy government wants to govern you harder. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> I can't get over uh, uh, Sydney Watson on on uh, her new show with uh, uh, I can't remember what her what her name is, but uh, she says that in such a way as it gives me shivers. Because right. <laughs> she says it so softly, it's like oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like something. <laughs> I wasn't married right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like if only I wasn't married right now. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, but <laughs> so hey, go ahead. We we've bounced back and forth on a lot of stuff on, on a lot of stuff here, and honestly, I agree with you a hundred percent on everything you've said. Uh, and it, it, I find it interesting that uh, so many of the Democrats' way of operating seem to be strictly straight out of the the Hitler Stalin's playbook. Oh, it, it absolutely is, but that's because. I mean, okay. So Lenin was Russian. I think he was Russian, or was it uh, was it the other way around? No, uh, Marx was Marx was uh, um, a an Austrian Jew, right? And he was on he was in house arrest in Germany, yeah, right? Or, or or was it actually Austria? I I don't remember that that part of uh, historical references has always been kind of maybe maybe it was even Italy. I I don't know. Anyways, he was in house arrest, and that's where he wrote his manifesto, right? His little red book. Um, and it all comes out of Karl Marx's vision for a utopiast, uh, for for a, a communist utopia or a socialist utopia, um, which is completely ran by government. Your life is not your own. You don't have your own things. It's all provided to you by the the great provider, the great rulers. Um, which are not a king because there is no kings. It's it's a council of people, those who tote the the party line. Exactly, and and that's that's the the where this all comes from is that and they're teaching... history has shown history has shown us that if a society relies on its government, the more society relies on its government to provide its needs, the less the society is likely to rise up to overthrow a, ty- a tyrannical government um yeah yes and no yes and no i mean the the more they rely upon the government for its needs the less ability they have to do so not the less likely because if i mean face it america's we had to rely almost 100 percent on british for for the tra- uh, for trade yet we rose up and fought against them and overthrew them 
Well, granted, granted, but granted, it, it, they were two thousand miles away. Exactly, but, uh, but rising up in your own backyard, well, that's a little bit of a different story. Yes, we've had nations that have done it. We've also had nations that have attempted it and failed miserably, unfortunately. But yeah, it, it does make it a, a, a more monumental task because all the government has to say is, "Okay, you're going to 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 challenge us." Well, you don't have food for the next month. And that's exactly where all this ties into cancel culture, as I was telling you before the uh, the show started. Um, it everything comes into cancel culture, believe it or not. Like, uh, for example, if you're disruptive in the classroom and you and you go against anything your teacher says, they threaten children with getting their parents called. Right. Okay. And most children are terrified of that because they don't want to disappoint mom and dad. Exactly, exactly. I mean, and, so they, and, they use the parents as a tool to help the teachers take the parents out of the picture. Exactly. And parents don't see this actually happening. Yeah. And that's that's why it's it's absolutely insidious is because parents don't even know this is going on because because children are terrified to even say that they might have been disruptive in class. Right. I, but that's I, that's I, why I've been conditioning my daughter. I said, look, if you repeat anything I say in the classroom and you get in trouble for it. When you get home, don't be afraid to tell me. I'll give you a high five, maybe right. even a sucker. Right. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I find it interesting that the schools are teaching critical anything, seeing as how they have worked so hard to, uh, to eliminate critical thinking from the classroom. Yeah, because because schools these days, and, and critical race theory has played a big role in this, and, and so has critical gender theory. Um, it's played a role in, in teaching kids not – how to think, but what to think. Exactly. And that's the biggest problem. Which is, uh, I think in my generation, we called that brainwashing or indoctrinization. It's it's 17, it's uh, um, 1816 project, I think it's called, or? Exactly. Yeah, it's 1816. Yeah, 1816, I, I, I forget what the project uh, focus was, but yeah, it involved basically, it's basically psychological conditioning to control the subject. And and it's it's well the 1619 project is actually by the uh, New York Times and it's it's um, historical revisionism saying that the country didn't start in 1776. Well, uh, actually, it was 1619 project, not 1816, but 1619. Ah, okay. Yeah, I, I, it was I it was supposed to be when when the first slave arrived on American shores when America started. See that 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 ties majorly into critical race theory because right. critical race theory is all about um, uplifting. Is, or, or according to them, it's about uplifting the black man, right? And saying that, uh, like uh, Juneteenth, the thing that came across about Juneteenth and and the United States Congress and Senate this year, they they called it uh, some sort of Independence Day. Which mm. I'm like, wait a second here, what does what does Juneteenth have to do with an Independence Day? Right. It, there, there, it has nothing to do with it. Juneteenth was about the day that the Emancipation Proclamation was signed and uh, signed into law. Right. That's not an Independence Day. That's that's a day of celebration, sure enough, but it's not an Independence Day. No, no, it's not. But it, uh, it, it, it's. It, I agree with you. It is a day to celebrate. It was a great. It was a great accomplishment in American history. Absolutely. But, there, our Independence Day is to celebrate this country's independence from Britain, uh, but 
yes, that day should be celebrated. I don't know uh, June Juneteenth. I guess, I, I guess is a appropriate name, but I think they could come up well, with I mean, something a little better. It's but the uh, reason why they call it Juneteenth is because it was June nineteenth. Right. Right. Um. When when it got signed into law, so they call it Juneteenth. Um. But then it got changed this summer to National. Um. Oh, I, I forget the actual name of it. Somebody out there more savvy with what the United States Congress does uh, could probably give you a better answer about it. Right. But uh, um, I remember making a, a call to my my senator's office and my and my congressman's office saying, "What the heck?" You know, I, I don't understand why this was even called anything near an Independence Day because, quite frankly, that's insulting to Independence Day. You know, that's insulting to all the people who died fighting for this country's freedom in its first war and it's in its war of independence. But not only that, but why is this being called an independence day when it's not an independence day? This is historical revisionism. Exactly. Uh, right uh, here in our face. Yeah. Juneteenth is apparently being called National Independence Day or Jubilee Day, Emancipation Day, Freedom Day. Or black. I mean, Emancipation day. day is perfectly fine. Exactly. But it's not Black Independence Day. Exactly. Black Independence Day is the same Independence Day as we have. True. You know, they may not have been independent from being slaves, but it's still the day that our nation became independent from Britain. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But uh, we've we've seen it. The left is bound and determined to rewrite history. Uh, they. They went around tearing down all kinds of statues. Oh, this statue means that, that, that. whether it did or not. They've railed against the flag because they think it's a, a racist symbol. The thing is, that, and I, I can't express this enough, and I tell people this all the time. History is not here for you to either approve or disapprove of. It's not for you to like or dislike. It's here for you to learn from. You don't erase yeah. history because if you erase history, then that history is forgotten. What happens when you forget history? You are bound you are to repeat doomed the to repeat it. of it. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You're you're doomed to repeat history if you forget the lessons of history. And exactly. that's and that's what we're going through with the critical race theory. Because this this is exactly how critical race theory is exactly how the Jews ended up with the star of David being worn on their chest before they were shipped off to concentration camps. Okay, right. that is exactly the same thing. It's also the same the same thing for exactly how the purges happened in Russia. Okay, it right. was all cancel culture back then, and and that's what cancel culture is. It's the tool for enforcement of critical theory. Okay, and and that's where all of it really ties in. It's the enforcement tool. It's the enforcement side. Of critical theory now why that's so important for us to understand is because they're they're doing it slowly it's the the the, the frog in water um, analogy that when you cancel someone you're ending their life right now now why is that so important to the overall you know praxis of critical theory because critical theory the whole goal of it is to divide us right well, how better to divide us than to make us afraid of each other? Exactly. And to to constantly live under the threat of cancel culture, saying this person disrespected me because of my skin tone. That person will suddenly get canceled. 
Well, their life will be effectively be over. They won't be able to access their money. Their house will be confiscated. Their vehicles confiscated. They'll they'll be fired from their job. Their life will be over. The only thing that's left is to put a bullet in their head, which they'll get to that eventually. Either that or gulags, you know. Well, not not only that. I mean, and it goes further than that. If you did, how many times have we seen any time someone disagrees? And voices that disagreement with the uh, with with the the liberal agenda or left agenda, that they are immediately attacked and and attempted to cancel. Oh, it, it's uh, happened. It's happened all over the place. Uh, mean, what was her look, name? Look uh, back at look back. Laura at, Loomer. Exactly. Look back at the shootings that David Hogg was was publicized during. Okay. Oh yeah. Uh, it was found that David Hogg was actually a flat out liar. But anybody that would dare say that. They immediately, the the entire left wing started a cancellation campaign against them. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's heck. We just had a president get canceled this last year. Exactly. Exactly. Had, had his How, had all of his social media be canceled. Exactly. How do you take social media and say, "Oh, well, just because of who you are, you're not allowed on our platform"? Really? Right. It's it's cancel culture. Exactly, and Against some the of the things because... that I've seen come across Facebook, YouTube, and all of that. Oh, and this is the person they and... decide to cancel the person who, a person who literally stopped what was referred to as the endless war, being right. the Korean War. We were never right. We never signed a peace peace agreement with with, with uh, we had, Korea. We had we a had a flimsy fire. ass armistice, and that's it. Exactly, and <laughs> this man. He should be receiving the Nobel Prize, but instead, oh well, we're just going to cancel him out. Nothing he did mattered. Oh, it's yeah, right. I mean, and and this 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 is the thing is that Donald Trump is not allowed to stay, be safe, and go home and <laughs> and all this, but yet the Ayatollah of Iran can still scream death to America. Exactly. Exactly. I mean. I mean, how does that how does that make any sense? But I mean, we're we're definitely getting off topic here. Uh, <laughs> well, there there's so many there's so many different directions, and it, it all boils down to the 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 left agenda to socialize the American people, uh, and I, by oh, uh, socialize yeah. I mean bring them into a socialist society. They they want to try to build a utopia a, a, a socialist utopia here, but the thing is is that socialist utopias can't exist. They can only exist on paper. In the pages of fiction, exactly, they cannot exist in reality. I mean, granted, because the, the, because a socialist utopia is based off of the idea that intrinsic value does not exist. Exactly, and uh, granted, the Democrats are no longer calling themselves socialist Democrats. They actually came out shortly after the elections and said, "Oh, we can't use the name the term socialism anymore because it'll hurt us." Yet they're still pushing the agenda, and people are falling for it. Why? Because they're not throwing socialists in front of it. Yeah, they they don't have a messaging problem. They have a message problem. Their message is bad, but they can blast that message across the country at light speed. Exactly. You know, you know, Republicans have a messaging problem, <laughs> but not a message problem. We got the right message, but we have 
the worst time getting that message out. Well, I the, I think we have a little bit more than that. The problem, and I'm Republican myself, so I, I hate saying anything against the, the Republican Party, but we are, so, as a party, are so fractured that it is amazing that's, that we're still able to operate. We have, that's, that's precisely what I mean, though. We like, have Republicans literally. stabbing Republicans in the back. So, uh, and that, metaphorically speaking, I mean, yeah, the, the, but that's that's also the, the 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 thing about it is that most people are just so, most Republicans, you know, most run of the mill grassroots Republicans are so angry about what happened this last year, and we're, I mean, I'm angry about it. I'm angry exactly. because because I know what I saw was completely fictitious, and we should be okay. angry about it. And and because of everybody being so angry, they they want blood to wash through the streets, metaphorically speaking. They they want to get out those Republicans who are not standing up and fighting back, saying, "We know this was a lie. We are going to get to the bottom of it, and we are going to hold those who caused this thing accountable." And we're we're trying to get every one of those people that that don't want to do that and aren't willing to stand up and say that. Out of office, because right. that 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 uh, that zero zero action, nothing but words mentality is exactly what's hurting us, and that's why I'm saying we have a messaging problem, not a message problem. We know what our message is, and that's 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 why we see a lot of backstabbing. That's why we see a lot of throwing right. under the bus. Is it's because of that? Because there needs to be new blood brought in, blood that is that has got the fire in the belly. And, and is willing to actually take these the the fourth branch of government to task. And I say exactly. fourth branch because because it's the administrative branch that was largely behind all of this. It was the uh, the electoral you know system is an, a whole branch of government unto itself because right. of the fact that it has so much power to affect the course of this country. Okay, and and that that goes with with uh, Dominion. And and uh, um, that other recruit that that other software program company, uh, it's Smartmatic. Those those two companies, I mean, they're all they're they're connected to each other intrinsically because Smartmatic has its has its, uh, its patents through Dominion Software. Well, not not only that, we're sitting here trusting the Dominion software voting machines, uh, and. People are saying, oh, there was no fraud. There was no problem with the Dominion machines. It, it's a, I find it a conflict of interest that someone like Nancy Pelosi, who holds majority stock in Dominion, or holds a majority of the stock in Dominion, can actually, and we're, we're supposed to expect that these machines are completely on the up and up. Well, we've already seen that Nancy, that Nancy is just playing. She will cut any throat that she has to to get ahead. Oh yeah, because well, it's Dominion Software was originally in Silicon Valley, which isn't that far from San Francisco. Exactly. And and I mean that's why she holds so much so much you know power with that is because she probably even you know paid for the company to get it started out because of what they were planning on building. Exactly. Like um, I but said, the she's other a major stockholder. The other the other thing that we have to remember about Dominion Software is that their their Canadian headquarters office is housed in this in this on the same floor in the same office building. Okay, 
the same floor as the Tides Foundation. Right. And you know who the Tides Foundation is owned by, right? Uh, I do. I personally do not. George Soros. Really? Okay. Yeah. Yep. There, there, there's a red flag in and of itself. <laughs> they, they hold. They, they share the same office building and the same office floor. How much you want to bet they share the same file cabinet room? Right. I mean, electronic file cabinet room. Their, their network. Exactly. They, they share the same networks. So, all of those things tied together. Nancy Pelosi, George Soros, all of these things. And George Soros has been behind these, uh, and and this this all comes back to the critical theory thing. That, I mean, I'll, I'll get there. Don't worry. It's it's I been a you. it's been a, a twisted war and and an absolute spider's web that I have that I have delved into and have been studying. That's why I haven't really put out very many videos, even on on Rumble, in the last two three months because I've been doing a lot of homework. And I apologize to my audience out there and to your audience. I know some of your audience has has viewed my videos and and uh, um, I apologize for not putting out more content recently. I've been doing a lot of deep uh, deep diving into this stuff to try to pick it apart and understand it. Right. I, I I haven't done the follow the money portion of it because honestly I don't have the 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 back channels into into those spaces like say Dan Bongino does. Exactly. Um, yeah, he's ex Secret Service. Guy, he has those connections. Oh, absolute top notch. I. I've uh, I've honestly been doing such a deep dive into this. I've not watched this past two weeks of videos yet. <laughs> I've got a day. Of, I've got a. I've got a couple of weeks of catching up on on his podcast. Yeah, you can do, do um, binge listening. <laughs> yeah, I've I've got I've got off season coming up. Um, but what all this ties directly into is that we saw over the past eight years. A lot of money being dumped into American elections, and I'm not talking about the higher level stuff. I'm not talking about national elections. We're talking state yeah. and local exactly. elections. A lot of money being dumped into those elections to put people into place, DAs, secretaries of state, yeah. and 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 people on that on that level, DAs, attorney generals, um. And, and why? Well, we saw some of that last year during the riots. DAs that refused to prosecute rioters. Okay. Exactly. But now we have also DAs that hold state statutes against the school boards. Uh, could you could you repeat that again? Uh, you you something. I, I think it was your phone, but something cut out when you uh, were making that statement. I said we have DAs that are refusing. To uphold state statutes right. against the school boards. Exactly. Now, 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 here's here's why I say that. It's with the whole mask mandate thing, and I I've brought this up with the the Dodge County Sheriff, which is the county I live in, the Beaver Dam City Police Department, which is the city I live in, and and even the Dodge County District Attorney. And I've told them the school board is violating state statutes, and these statutes carry with them criminal penalties mm -hmm. should you not be investigating because these ha have criminal penalties not just not just civil rights stuff this is criminal right okay restricting people's movement okay now you'd say oh well no they can't do that because you know they have to be in their classroom no this is not about just being in their classroom if a child refuses to wear a mask they are segregated from their class and locked 
in a classroom and right. only checked on every hour, once an hour. Right. That's it. They are checked on once for five minutes every hour. And then they are locked back in that classroom like a pri- like a prison cell against their will. Yeah, I, I, I think not that uh, under legal terms is either referred to as false imprisonment. Uh, that is could false even be escalated to kidnapping. That That is false imprisonment. It's false imprisonment and carries a penalty of up to 10 years in prison and $50,000 right. in fines. Okay, that right there. Then we have white collar crimes. Now, white collar crimes, they would say that they kept telling me, oh, that's that's a federal level thing. We can't do anything about that. I'm like, really? Is that why it's a state statute? It's a federal level thing. Why is it a state statute saying that you cannot practice medicine without a medical license? True. And and oh, masks. Masks. Oh, are, are, are you trying to sneak that in under the uh, and uh, I, I asked I asked the, the superintendent this. Are you trying to sneak this in under a, under the uh, um, dress code? Huh? Seems like you're trying to sneak it in under the dress code. It's right there in your little you know policies. Right. Well, let me ask you a question. Can you demonstrate to me that this is strictly a dress code issue? Right. A strictly dress code issue. Like it has no other reason for existing other than it's just dress code. It's a matter of propriety. Okay, you can't because obviously masks are medical devices. Exactly. Dr. Fauci even said so. You know, I use that line against him. Dr. Fauci even said so. A cloth mask is still going to protect you from a virus that makes it a medical device. Okay, Therefore, can you demonstrate to me that this has nothing to do with health or medicine or medical things of a medical nature? They said, well, of course I can't. Like, then why are you breaking the law? I'm not breaking the law. Yes, you are. That's exactly how the conversation went. Like, yes, you are. And I, I listed to him the exact state statute of Wisconsin that says you may not practice medicine without a medical license under penalty of two years in prison um, uh, up to two years in prison and ten thousand dollars per count, and each child would count as a count. So there's over four thousand counts in our school. Right. <laughs> so I told him, I'm like, that's a pretty hefty fine. Are you willing to sacrifice your salary for the next ten years? Hmm. You know. I mean, honestly. And the argument didn't really go anywhere because they were too obtuse to actually see it. And then I started trying to get things moving with police department police department would not do anything of course they said we we can't do anything without without there being a victim I'm like okay you've my got children four are victims. Th- you've got over 4000 victims you've got millions of well, victims nationwide and they they try to tell me oh well you can't you can't uh you can't file on behalf of of uh, children that you're not the guardian of I'm like okay my kids well there's, there's really no there there. We, we can't really – I mean there, there's – you can't really say that there's any crime actually being committed. I'm like, really? According to state law, there is. Right. And then I started going after the money after this point because the, the, the Dodge County Sheriff's Office gave me the same runaround. Ah. So I started going after the money. I told the Dodge County Sheriff. I said, I know you've been going after the county for more funding. How about you start practicing – the law that's on the books, enforcing the law that's on the books. 
and when you are struggling to enforce the entire law that's on the books because of financial purposes, then we'll talk about more funding. But until then, until you're willing to actually enforce the law, we're not talking about funding. Right. And I've got more than half my Dodge, half the Dodge County board on my side about it. We're not talking about more funding for the sheriff's office until they start enforcing the law. Which makes perfect sense. Because the law as it stands, I mean, they have to, you know, investigate these kinds of things. And that's that's how I recommend all audiences that we have, uh, that we're privy to having. That's how I recommend everybody approaches this, is that when being diplomatic with your local officials fails, go after the money. There you go. So I, I, I hate to cut you off because I'm really enjoying this, but we've got about five minutes left, so we kind of need to ra- start mm. wrapping it up. So uh, I'd like to get your final thoughts. Um, I think I will, I'll direct my final thoughts to, to two things, if you don't mind. Um, first, is, first is that uh, when we have these things being taught in our school, which I know I didn't go too deeply into, which I apologize for, but uh, critical theory and critical gender theory, we really have to approach that with utter skepticism. Like I said, they, they've changed the name from critical theory or critical race theory to social emotional learning. So please, everybody who listens, dig in to your school's curriculum to find anything that talks about social emotional learning. Um, you can do this with Freedom of, of Information Acts. You don't have to get public information, uh, public records requests because those cost money. Freedom of Information Act, you go to a court, you get the judge to, to sign off on it, and the, the schools literally have to produce it at no charge to you um, because it's Freedom of Information. It's right there. Um, so get those and, and slap that in their faces. And fight against it, tooth and nail. Right. The other thing is, is if you face cancel culture out there, there is one thing that I have found works very effectively against cancel culture in the process and pursuit of fighting against critical theory, mask mandates, vaccine mandates, everything. Because you will get you will get shots across your bow left and right. I know it's been happening to me. It's just after that whole thing about the money situation with the Dodge County Sheriff's Office, I started getting people complaining about my quad axle being parked out front of my house. Hmm. <laughs> and I shot that down straight away. And I'll, right. I'll tell you guys about that a different time. But the best advice I have for people facing critical, facing cancel culture, diversify, get your money into a safe spot. In a, in a different form than the dollar because they can cancel your dollar bills. So that's precious metals. That's Bitcoin. You can do hardware walls with that. And there, believe me, there's ways to get that money out of Bitcoin and into your pocket physically. Um, that, you know, will come down the line. But make yourself impervious by not caring, by literally being the person who does not have anything to lose that they can touch. Right. Good and that's advice. the best message I can give to you. Definitely good advice. <coughs> well, we are out of time. I do want to thank you, Tim, for being a guest today, and I hope that we can have you on the show again real, real soon. Uh, you're a great person oh, to I, talk I to. You've got a lot of insight that uh, I have a lot of respect for. So, again, Well, thank you, sir. I have a lot of respect for you, too. <laughs> 
<laughs> Thank you. Uh, th- and, folks, this has been Troy Shelby with The Rant Reloaded saying if today's political climate isn't pissing you off, then you haven't been paying attention. You can follow us on Facebook and YouTube by simply searching The Rant Reloaded, or you can visit us at therantreloaded.com for our primary site and links directly to our podcast site. And, uh, Tim, would you like to uh, tell them what your site is? Uh, Well, I don't really have an actual uh, website uh, per se, but I just have uh, my Rumble account. It's at my name, Timothy Foudy. Last name is F-O-U-G-H-T-Y. Just go on rumble.com. Search out Timothy Fowdy. All my videos are right there. I've got over 100 of them that have been up there. Um, a couple of them go down the rabbit hole. A couple of them uh, are rel- – well, most of them are relatively short, but the ones that are over an hour long go down the rabbit hole, and I highly recommend those because those will give you a deep dive into some of the big issues that have been going on that nobody's talking about. Wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> well, definitely going to have to check those out. Uh, Again, I'd like to thank everybody for listening and thank Tim for uh, being our guest today. And all of you out there, uh, have a very blessed week. I'll see you next week.